Hello, I'm Gavin Giovanoni, Professor of Neurology at uh, Bart's and London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And this, in this MS Selfie um, newsletter, I am discussing a recent basic science paper uh, on the immunology behind Epstein-Barr virus infection um, as a case for um, going forward as quickly as possible, in my opinion, of trying antivirals uh, in multiple sclerosis. <laughs> I don't normally cover hardcore research, but in the survey I did with the community, the MSLP community, you uh, were very pro re having research updates, particularly research that links to uh, potential treatments for multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> You're probably aware already that I am convinced that EBV is the cause of MS, and I've been running a, a social media campaign under the hashtag EBV causes MS now for quite some time and I would appreciate it if you could help me spread the word because we have to prod not only funders to fund the research but to get pharmaceutical companies uh, working uh, on EBV as a cause of MS particularly to try uh, new antivirals and then not a uh, well, we have quite a few out there and I'm trying to get as, as many antiviral trials started as soon as possible. There are two competing theories of how Epstein-Barr virus causes MS. The main immunology theory is the so-called hit-and-run theory that EBV triggers autoimmunity through a process called molecular mimicry. In other words, EBV fools the immune system into making an immune reaction against the EBV proteins, and then this reaction cross-reacts with antigens or proteins in the brain and spinal cord of people uh, and causes multiple sclerosis. So this is the molecular mimicry hypothesis. Um, a second, which, which in my opinion is the more compelling theory, is that EBV is driving multiple sclerosis. And as you know, EBV is a herpes virus and has two phases. It remains dormant or latent, uh, and that's usually in, in so-called memory B cells. And every now and again, it reactivates, causing lytic infection where the virus spreads. <clears throat> we know this happens all the time in humans because we shed the, the virus in the saliva. And to go from latent to lytic, you have to... Um, uh, activate the viral replication, which then allows the virus to spread between people. <clears throat> um, now, how the so-called latent lytic cycling causes MS is up for debate. Some people think there is a direct infection within the central nervous system. In other words, EBV infects the brain and spinal cord. And when the infection reactivates, that's what causes the MS attacks or new lesions. Um, other people think actually what's happening every time EBV reactivates, it keeps stimulating those uh, autoreactive cells that were generated by molecular mimicry, which then go on to uh, cause uh, new attacks and new lesions. So the MS-EBV driver hypothesis is not incompatible with the mimicry hypothesis. And what it's saying is you have to get continuous reactivation of the immune system by exposing um, the immune system to new virus. A third hypothesis, which is also linked to reactivation of the EBV virus, is that EBV triggers the uh, another virus to emerge. And the, this is the, the virus which we know um, is linked to MS as a so-called MS-associated human endogenous retroviruses or HERBs. And we know that EBV is a strong transactivator. So when you actually cause lytic EBV infection, you actually cause that virus to wake up from our genomes and become active. And some people think it's actually not the EBV, but it's the herbs that actually are driving the uh, new activity. 
And this is the dual viral hypothesis, and this has been around also for decades. <clears throat> Whatever happens, though, uh, EBV acts upstream of herbs. So if you switch off EBV by using an antiviral, you should downregulate down and stop herbs being transactivated, and you should stop MS anyway. So the pivotal point is Epstein-Barr virus. <clears throat> I mean, my personal opinion um, the, is that the epidemiological, this is studies done in the population showing that antiviral therapies like antivirals used for treating HIV <clears throat> reduce your incidence of MS and actually may actually treat multiple sclerosis um, is a compelling argument for the antiviral litigate and cycling uh, uh, hypothesis of MS. And we've also shown that most of our disease-modifying therapies that are effective target uh, EBV in the sense they target the memory B cell where EBV resides. And so I think all of the circumstantial evidence supports this um, latent lytic cycling uh, and EBV being the driver of MS disease activity. And one of the ways you test this hypothesis is by doing antiviral trials. So we need to get them going uh, as soon as possible. Now, when you um, get infected with a virus like EBV, your immune system, particularly your innate or hardwired immune system, responds to the virus to protect you from uncontrolled infection. So you may have heard about innate immunity from the uh, COVID-19 and the SARS-CoV-2 data. Then the innate immune system holds that virus in checks, and at the same time, it recruits and helps to create what we call adaptive immune memory. And immune memory, there are two types of cells. There's the B cell that make antibodies. Uh, and there are uh, T cells. There are two types of T cells, so-called CD8s and CD4 T cells. CD8 T cells are really critical in controlling viral infection. And we refer to those as cytotoxic T lymphocytes. So these actually uh, are the cells that actually kill uh, viral infected cells. Um, and then what happens is once you've controlled the viral infection, you uh, create memory cells that then are available for rapid response. So if the virus comes back, either from being re-exposed to it from outside or it reactivates within your body, your immune system is able to control it without causing any problems. You know, I like to think of the immune system as like being a military, like an army, and the adaptive um, immune system are like the specialist forces. So the innate immunity are the uh, rapid reaction force that are there to fight immediately there's a threat to you. And then they call in the specialist units depending on how the war is going. And obviously antibodies are like these uh, long distance missiles. They are the heat seeking or they are guided missiles to target a particular protein or part of the uh, virus incredibly uh, specifically. You know, they're very, very targeted. Whereas uh, T cells, they like to fight uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one and they uh, get into the uh, uh, organ or wherever the virus is activated and kill the cells in one-on-one -on -one battle. Um, you know, once the immune system puts the virus or, or gets rid of the virus, um, it then creates what we would call memory cells. And these memory cells, uh, I like to think about the reconnaissance unit, then circulate with the body and are ready for rapid reaction to prevent the virus reactivating. <clears throat> now, a lot of people think that what happens is the EBV reactivates in the brain or spinal cord, and it's the immune response to controlling the virus that causes uh, what we would call collateral damage or friendly fire, and, and, and so what happens is the immune response you know, kills the oligodendrocytes and damages myelin, 
transactivates axons or kills nerve cells. And that's what causes the relapses or new lesions to form on MRI scan. And that's what MS says. I personally think that's possibly simplistic. And the evidence that that's, that, that is exactly what's happening is quite circumstantial and based on very few case studies. But it is something that we should uh, explore. But it doesn't get away from the other arguments for doing antiviral trials uh, in MS. So yes, I do think EBV transact uh, activation and cycling is driving MS disease uh, pathogenesis. And what we need to do is break that latent lytic cycling of EBV uh, and we will put MS into remission. That's my hypothesis. Now we've known for decades that people with multiple sclerosis and those at risk of getting MS have much higher antibody levels and a greater variety of antibodies uh, in other words, the antibodies respond to many more epitopes or segments of the proteins and many more proteins um, uh, compared to normal controls and other disease controls. So there's what, there's, there's what we would call a wide repertoire uh, uh, of anti-EBV antibodies in MS. And I suppose the hypothesis is we need a much wider repertoire. You know, we need different types of missiles. Um, because people with multiple sclerosis have a problem controlling the virus, whereas other normal controls, normal people, don't need such a wide repertoire because they seem to control of the virus with uh, a narrow repertoire. Um, one of the other arguments is potentially this repertoire, these number of antibodies, becomes very broad because every time you cycle through a latent lytic cycle, that acts like an immune booster. Your immune system sees the virus and makes new antibodies to it. And so what you're actually looking at is a widening of the antibody repertoire um, as a result of increased cycling of the virus within the body. Um, it's like a booster response. You know, Every time the EBV virus reactivates, it boosts the immune system. And what we're actually seeing in the blood of people who are at risk of getting MS or have MS is that they are having to spend a lot more immunological energy okay, and memory uh, keeping the virus under control. Now, <clears throat> in the past, uh, antibodies have been uh, antibody studies dominate over T cell studies simply because they're easier to work with in the laboratory. Then we had to use very laborious and time consuming techniques to count uh, viral specific T cells, for example, and, um, and what viral and using different viral antigens. But now these techniques have been superseded by um, uh, you know, bioinformatics. We now can work out using public databases, uh, just by sequencing the T cell receptor, T cells, we can work out which T cells are EBV specific and which antigens, which proteins they're responding to. And there's this new study that's just come out using this uh, new technique of instead of going into the lab and laboriously culturing T cells, just using T cell receptor sequencing uh, to work out um, uh, which cells in the, uh, the in the peripheral blood are EBV specific, and unsurprising, um, you know, based on earlier studies, people with multiple sclerosis have a similar thing in the T cell compartment that we see in the antibody compartment. Um, they have a much wider repertoire, you know, there are more cells <clears throat> that are, are, are responding to EBV than control subjects. And they also have uh, more cells, not only to latent virus, but also lytic virus. As you may or may not know, the virus uses a different genetic program, depending on what phase it's in. And so you have a 
family of proteins that are produced in, in latent infection to keep the virus latent. And then when it becomes lytic, it produces more different set of proteins. And people with multiple sclerosis have many more T-cell responses to both sets of proteins compared to controls. So this would support the antibody uh, data. I think what's interesting is when uh, um, this particular group also looked at identical twins. So these are people that have um, exactly the same genetic background. And one twin has MS and the other twin doesn't have MS. And surprise, surprise, the twin that has MS, or the twins that have MS have a much wider T-cell repertoire compared to the twins that don't have MS, suggesting that this has got nothing to do with genetic determinants but the virus. So I think that makes this really interesting, and I suspect what we're seeing here is a real finding that is part of MS pathogenesis. They also studied people that are on different disease-modifying therapies. So natalizumab is a really interesting one because this doesn't deplete your peripheral T-cells, so it leaves the T-cells intact. And what they found is in people on natalizumab or Tysabri, okay, the repertoire was actually widened which means that although natalizumab is quite effective at stopping relapses and MRI activity, it's trapping all these cells in the periphery and, they, and, they, and the repertoire is getting bigger, which means that the EBV cycling from latent to lytic is occurring and the immune system is responding to it in people with natalizumab, which is probably why when you stop natalizumab and wash it out, you get this rebound activity. The immune system's prime to find the EBV virus in the brain, for example. What this study doesn't tell you is where um, that latent lytic cycling is occurring. And I suspect it may be in the central nervous system. And as you know, if you're having EBV cycling in the nervous system, the antigens, the proteins will get out because they go via the interstitial fluid and CSF into the periphery and the immune system in the periphery uh, sees it. We know this happens because in people on natalizumab who develop progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy or PML, um, their, their antibody levels go up prior to them developing PML, and we know the infections in the brain. So what's happening is the JC virus that causes PML is probably replicating in the brain. The proteins are coming out, and it's boosting the peripheral immune system. So this natalizumab data doesn't actually tell you where the EBV uh, is, a, uh, uh, what I would call latent lytic replication is occurring. Interestingly, interferon beta had no effect. I'm not surprising because interferon beta, although it's antiviral, is not that effective in MS. And interestingly, anti-CD20 therapy, okay, which depletes B cells, and we know it's antiviral because it actually gets rid of that pool of memory B cells where EBV, uh, EBV remains dormant, didn't have an effect either, suggesting it's not the peripheral B cell compartment uh, that's the target here. Uh, and we know that the uh, uh, anti-CD monoclonal antibodies penetrate the central nervous system, go into the brain and spinal cord very poorly. So this is again suggesting that because anti-CD20 doesn't actually affect the repertoire against EBV in the periphery, that maybe it's the central nervous system compartment that we have to target. And this is really, really important. So this is why I'm so excited about drugs like cladribine, teriflunomide or teriflunomide-like drugs, because teriflunomide is uh, clearly uh, antiviral and targets EBV. Proteasome inhibitors, BTK inhibitors, and CNS penetrant B cells therapies like the uh, new way of getting in monoclonals into the brain to, to target this, and antivirals. So all these drugs that potentially can go into the central nervous system and target intrathecal B cells. So these intrathecal means inside the layers of the coverings of the brain um, are really exciting because they're getting to the 
core of the pathology rather than just targeting the periphery. So let's wait to see what the uh, trials show of these this next generation of agents. What's also interesting from this study is they actually looked at the types of EBV reactive T cells and they showed a clear difference between healthy controls and people's multiple sclerosis. So what's important though is that people with MS not only had greater numbers, but they also had greater numbers of a cell called the central memory cell. And the central memory cells are the ones that are produced after you quell the fire, in other words, after you quell an outbreak of EBV. And this is particularly, this was found also in the spinal fluid, which suggests that um, what the, the so-called uh, uh, central memory T cells have recently seen virus. And this is another argument that maybe the virus is in the central nervous system. <clears throat> so this is, again, just uh, immunological data supporting uh, EBV driving uh, MS uh, and I think interpreting this based on immunological principles that uh, it's latent uh, lytic cycling of the virus, uh, that's the driver. I also want to point out that um, I'm making a case for small molecule antivirals, but we could also target Epstein-Barr virus using immunotherapy. Um, and you're probably all aware that there is a study going on of adoptively transferring EBV-specific EBV T-cells. There's a company called Atara Bio and another company called Tibogen are working on this. Or you can use an EBV vaccination. In other words, you vaccinate people with EBV antigens and that then boosts your own immune response. Uh, and this is um, uh, one of the strategies being uh, uh, um, done by uh, various vaccine companies. And I think uh, you probably were on uh, Moderna recently announced an EBV vaccine program. And we'll see if that um, strategy works in multiple sclerosis. Another way is maybe using immune reconstitution therapies. Um, so I actually think um, by depleting and allowing your immune system to reconstitute, you do two things. The depletion phase reduces the EBV viral load because it's in B cells and all our agents deplete B cells. And then when you allow your T cell compartment to reconstitute, you hopefully rejuvenate it and, and uh, give it better control of EBV. So there is a theory that um, immune reconstitution therapies are working by uh, uh, depleting or reducing the EBV viral burden and then rejuvenating uh, anti-EBV T-cell responses. In other words, working in a similar way to immunotherapy. So, um, you know, I have this dream, you know, that we will purge the body of EBV by using an antiviral agent that targets not only lytic but latent infection. And there, are, there is a class of uh, agent that does that or classes of agent that do that. And I'll spend some more time in the future discussing the different types of antivirals okay and by purging the body of EBV you allow your uh, you prevent the cycling occurring and you basically cure people of multiple sclerosis now wouldn't that be amazing you know um, maybe I shouldn't be doing this you know um, uh, some people say I'm irresponsible by mentioning the c word or cure uh, many of my colleagues think I'm irresponsible talking about curing multiple sclerosis. But unless you start the discussion and start defining what a cure is, you'll never find it. So, you know, I don't uh, take that criticism to heart. I think um, we have to start thinking about uh, curing MS. And if EBV is the cause of multiple sclerosis, I see no reason why we can't cure MS. Uh, finally, I'd just like to say, uh, 
would you be interested as somebody with multiple sclerosis in participating in either an add-on study where an antiviral is added onto your existing DMT or maybe going on to a new therapy, uh, monotherapy? And the, the point about I'm trying to make is unless we get people with multiple sclerosis to buy into these hypotheses and participate in clinical trials, you know, we can go, we can talk forever. We, we have, to, uh, have to do things. And so, um, you know, I put forward a uh, quite a, what I thought quite an innovative trial design a few months back um, of trying to prevent uh, natalizumab rebound uh, using an antiviral. And I got slated by my colleagues saying it's completely unethical to expose people to potential rebound uh, with an unproven hypothesis. The point about it is unless you do the experiment, unless you test the theory, that uh, natalizumab rebound is driven by EBV, and if you stop EBV reactivation, you prevent EBV re um, natalizumab rebound, you won't answer the question. And so built into that trial design was a, a very specific safety or uh, rescue arm to try and de-risk it for people. Anyway, it looks like um, uh, my the wider MS community, at least from the healthcare professional perspective, think that trial is... Uh, unethical. I'm not 100% sure it's unethical. I think it's the quickest and easiest uh, way of getting an answer. And so the question I ask is, uh, would you be prepared to participate in that trial? Anyway, read the um, letter. I'll go through this in a little bit more detail. Read the paper. Um, it is quite complicated immunology and you have to have quite a lot of background knowledge to understand it. And if you have any questions, ask and I'll try and address them. And then finally, please, um, if you haven't subscribed, um, please do. I do need the subscriptions for um, the next phase of MS Selfie. And because I had a lot of people uh, um, subscribing about a year ago, then a lot of them are not renewing their subscriptions. So I've had a big fall off in uh, subscriptions um, on MS Selfie. And uh, I don't really want to go back to the um, tiered model where people, where I keep posts like this just for paying subscribers. I think it's... Uh, not in the spirit of what MSLF is about. It's about uh, activating the MS community in terms of self-management and empowering you with knowledge to ask the right questions and manage your own multiple sclerosis and to potentially participate in clinical trials. Um, anyway, enjoy.